Shout out McDonald's. <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Shaggin' Balls, a baseball, a fun baseball discussion um, podcast between four, four, uh, I don't know, but four, the four guys, four, boys. four boys, the lads, the gentlemen. It's a lot easier when you could say coworkers. <laughs> yeah, subtweet. It's true. Um, we have a lot to go over this episode and uh there's a lot of excitement i mean we had that special episode in our last one where we talked about uh season coming back for 2020 and a lot of us are still excited and that's kind of like what the theme of this episode is going to be as well but um for those of you who do want to reach out to us please do so on at our twitter a baseball or shagging balls pc on twitter and then you can email us at shagginballspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll always do the recordings live on Twitch, Shagginballs. And uh, YouTube, we're on Shagginballs as well. And then, oh, we're also on the old uh, TikToker. What's the handle for that one? Uh, oh, shoot. Let me double check real quick. I'm pretty sure I just made it Shagginballs. Okay. I can verify real quick. <laughs> We can hear the raging from Adam and J-Rob's roommates, which we love having. Uh, you can go check out their Twitches uh, in the COD directory. Actually, they don't stream. They should, but they don't. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, so just Shaggin' Balls or Shaggin' Balls podcast. All right, yeah. Either one of those will work um, if you want to see these short clips. We had some great moments in our pre-show on Twitch. Um, for those of you that missed out, Um but we're going to do some housekeeping. We're going to get to all of the tweets and questions that you guys have asked and reached out to us through email. We actually got our first email ever. And uh, Casey, why don't you tell us all about it? So since our lovely fan base is a little scared to talk to me on our email, which I get it. I'm an intimidating guy. Um, Pete decided to test me out and I kind of just stopped checking it because yeah, we didn't get any emails for about eight episodes. So, uh, Pete sent me an email saying, I forget what he even said, but I replied back wow. to eat shit, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely reach out through email. It'll be great experience for you, just like it was for me. <laughs> Got ignored for multiple days and told and cussed out. So, definitely reach out through email. I won't do that to you, to you people, only Pete, because Pete's a Yankee fan. I won't do that to you guys, though, I promise. But we can guarantee that if you're the first, you'll be the first one in, or the second one that we'll discuss on the podcast. Um, so I please, will personally give you a shout out on our Twitter and our show if you email us. Oh, That's not one of our co-hosts. Oh, there you go. There's a guaranteed Casey promise. Um, but just a, a little bit of an update on what to expect going forward with this podcast. Um, in our previous episodes, we've kind of come up with some... <clears throat> fun topics to discuss, which I think will continue on potentially in the off season. But now that we're going to have some baseball, actually some meaningful games and some stuff happening on the field, we're going to start forming a lot of the content that we're giving you guys around things that are happening or that are going to happen or happens in the past that is revolving around the game. We want to make the game more exciting to watch for you to take part in. Um, and for us to have a little bit of fun competition as well. So, we're going to come up with fun little competitive games. Um, first thing that we're going to do is going to be in this episode. 
We're gonna go over the betting. Go We're gonna go over the betting lines for the national. Spider dude, freaking a. Yes, let's go. Best organization in baseball history finally being represented. Easy to fall off. We love that. We hey, keep it there. Keep it there. For those audio listeners, uh, J Rob's roommate Braden came in with uh, his Yankee swag to shout out Braden for the uh, shout out to Braden. Um, we love it. Um, and congrats on that 756 mile pace, Braden. That's a big deal. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna have some fun. We want to we want to make this game more engaging for us and for you guys as well. Um, we've talked about having like some watch parties for games in the future and like we know that fans aren't going to be able to go out and socialize and have that ballpark experience anymore so we kind of want to try to maybe bring that to you guys as well and uh just and take in part of a game oh yeah you gotta get going on that rubik's cube j rob go crazy but Oh, by the way, uh, if anyone watching our uh, watching our, tw- our stream, I, I did shave, so I look a little different today. <laughs> so that's why it looks like we have an 11 year old joining us tonight. It is not a guest host; it's just Casey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I look young. What can I say? I get ladies. <laughs> Something you should uh, uh, try, Pete. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that, brother. <laughs> uh, I can confirm, brother, more than you. Good job. But I still love you, Pete. Thanks, man. And back to baseball. (laughs) Back to baseball, indeed. Um, So, yeah, we're going to try to offer something to um, any kind of level of fan, um, whether you already know the game super well and just want to have a different fun outlook on the game that we hopefully will bring to you guys, or if you're just new to the game itself. Like, this is a game that we all love and enjoy. We want you to take part in why we like to enjoy it so much um so we're not going to be like deep analytical or try to become something that we're not because we're fans who enjoy um baseball a ton so i mentioned it earlier but we're going to go over the national league and this is going to be based off of fan duels um not sponsored by the way fan duels lines for the over under um for their predictions for how many games they'll win this year um, so for those of you who don't know over under terminology and whatnot, it's just what they use for betting. And uh, so what FanDuel has done is they've come up with their projections of how many games, for instance, the Washington Nationals will win. And they put them at 33 and a half games. And the reason they put them at half is because they're, that person who's betting or us who is guessing has to guess over 33 and a half or under 33 and a half. So you have three, if you say 33, then you're under, if you say 34, then you're over for how many wins you think the nationals will have. So that's kind of the concept and the point of it. Um, I think it's fun cause it just gives a good talking point for us. And, uh, we're have a Google sheet right now for it. And, uh, everyone's putting in their over under. So we're going to have a good record of this and we'll see who the winner is of, for the inaugural, year inaugural season the 2020 shagging balls the short season the hopefully only short season that we have to experience in our lifetimes fingers crossed um but it should be a fun one and that's exactly what we're going to do so we're going to hit the nl 
east first, and I just realized in the Google Sheets I had it as west. Sorry. I am an NLS fan. So we're going to go over the NL East first, and that's the, the first team is going to be the Washington Nationals. I should say the co-host. I'm Jake. You guys already you might know that. I have joined by three other guys. I'm joined by Casey. Hello. He shotgun two beers before the podcast <laughs> like a champ because he thought the first one froze on us, but it didn't. We got it. <laughs> J-Rob, who went through McDonald's yeah. drive through and got three drinks, chugged one of those in the drive through against Casey to see who would win first. If you want to find Am out right. who did win, <laughs> you can probably go onto the TikTok because that's probably where <laughs> that's going to go. <laughs> and then we have Pete, always rocking the Yankees. Big LeBron fan. That's our guy over there. I just like the greatest. You know, what can I say? <laughs> so, now, I was rushing into the topic. I was a little bit rushed there. Um, if you have more questions or you have ideas and suggestions of stuff that we can do, I know there might be a lot of you guys who probably find us early on or people who are interested in maybe new content, a uh, different thing that... We- um, isn't offered on the baseball world. It's not just typical news and stuff. Um, or you're looking to maybe start your own or looking for something fresh. Um, we're fortunate enough to have four of us that get together every week to be able to talk and um, discuss things. So send us some suggestions if you have something. And we'll more than probably likely do that um, because we want to mix it up, keep things fresh for everybody and ourselves. But for this week, we're going to talk about the National League and where we have everybody finishing. Now, my rant is over. Washington Nationals, 33 and a half wins. Casey, what do you got? Over or under? Under. J-Rob. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll, I have them as over. Pete's got over. I have them as over <clears throat> as well. J. Rob's chewing nationals under. Okay, so and then we're gonna keep going through the teams as well here. So we're just gonna give our over unders right up top, and then we're gonna go through and discuss everything. Uh, Atlanta Braves thirty three and a half. Also, Casey. I have them over. J. Rob. I have over. Pete over. I have them over as well. So that's a sweep. The first sweep for is goes to the Atlanta Braves for over unders. Philadelphia Phillies, 31 and a half games. Casey. I have them under. J Rob. For who? Phillies? Yes. Under. Go ahead, Pete. I have them over. And I have the under. So it's three to one on that one. All right. Casey's teams for the debate last week, the New York Mets, they had, the line is at 32 and a half. So one game higher than the Phillies and one game. It below. is interesting that J-Rob <laughs> has the Phillies as under when they're the team he picked last week. Just a side note. It's a little side note there. Hey, Casey. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I have them over. Yeah. You know, I have them over. J-Rob. Or the Mets. Yes. Over. I have them under. I also have the under on that line as well. And the last team for the National League East is the Miami Marlins at 24 and a half. 
We already know the rotation. I'm not going to say your name. Uh, under. 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 Over. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> there's all of our predictions just right up front. Um, I think one of the interesting things from that is that uh, J-Rob did have the under on the Phillies. Um, I think every, the people who lost the debate last week in the NL East did, decided to vote the Nationals under. I think they're still a little salty. I definitely think you saw some bias coming out in those ones. <laughs> um, no, but uh, let's let's uh, quickly go over the Nationals. I mean, we talked extensively about, with them um, last week, if you guys want to hear. This is the National League East is the one division that we did touch on a lot. Um, so a lot of discussions over there, if that interests you guys. But um, uh, Casey, J-Rob, what is the... Do you see the Nats being close to this 33 and a half or is it like more of a 30 and lower? They're more, they're more 30 for me. I don't know. Like, cause the issue is you gotta play 20 games against AL West or AL, excuse me, AL East opponents. And I don't know if I see them beating the Yankees mm-hmm. or Rays. Um, I don't know. I think Rendon was a big loss. I do think they could hang around like throwing out 30 wins, but Rendon puts him over on top a little bit by like four or five wins for me. And I just think you can't replace him that much. So I'd say they're like around 30. All right. Jero? I think you could go, like, I mean, to Casey's point, like playing the Yankees and the Rays. I think their biggest strength, obviously, for the Nationals is their pitching. Um, and so I feel like depending on who, like, what three pitchers they're going to get or what four. I mean, you're pretty much going to get all but one, but, like, are they going to miss out on one of their best pitches when they go up against the Yankees or best pitchers? Like, I mean, so I think that will for sure play a factor because, I mean, that's what they're going to be relying on their, the most. Obviously, the Yankees have better power, like, better offense. Uh, and, I mean, even for the Rays or for, like, different teams as well, like, that goes for everyone, matchups and everything. But I think – or I put the Nationals under – um, I think they're going to be a good team. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit 33 wins or if they do go over, I just feel like they're going to be under. So anywhere from like 31 to 33 is where I'd put them. I think it's, I think that's more than fair. I think I agree with that. I think the starting pitching, I mean, I talked about the front three, I think it's probably one of the most impressive across the league. Um, let's say one of those things don't get hit or one of them, it's an injury or worst case, one of them gets coronavirus and just can't play or p- be on the field and misses a start there's only going to be 12 starts if a player misses like three or four starts they're missing a third of their season so i think that could really hurt um for sure um but i think that front three it's more often than well over for like their chances of winning and i think they'll come out and win most of their series that's my feeling. Pete, anything yeah. uh, you got on the Nats? You wanna... um, so I would just say, because like Casey pointed out, you know, you're playing the Yankees and the Rays, but you're also going to play the Marlins 10 times, and you're going to play the Orioles four times. So that's 14 games. You're probably picking up at least 10 wins versus those two teams. That's a third. That's a, national. That's a lot. Yeah, you're already a third of the way there. I'll give you the... I don't think you're going to sweep time. them, but... You're like those are two really bad teams. The Blue Jays have a lot of young talent, but I think them facing Scherzer, Strasburg, all those guys for the first time, yeah. you're gonna at least split those games. You're already at twelve wins. Like so, you know, 
you're more than a third of the way to the total you need without even like, you know, you're not getting swept by the Braves. The Mets just, I don't think they have the offense to compete versus anyone. Like obviously they have some great pitching, but so do the nationals, but the nationals also have offense to back that up. So you're going to win the majority of your games there. So I just think, cause I have three teams in this division over their wins. Cause even because they have, um, you know, like the Yankees, the Rays, like really, really good teams in this division. They also have teams that like you can definitely take advantage of and build up wins. And so, and then I think too, like if the Blue Jays, you know, try to bail midseason, get some extra pieces and to really compete next year with their young core, like there's things like that that can lead to wins too. And then just like their pitching is so dominant and I would say, the odds of them getting hurt are less this year because it's a shorter season. Like it's not going to be as much stress on the arms, you know, all those things that can lead to injuries for pitchers. I think this is going to be a lot healthier year for pitchers than we normally get. So that's why I would say the nationals with, I mean, they showed how dominant their pitching is last year. They also did. We didn't mention this. I don't think that Zimmerman opted out of the season. He did. So they've lost Rendon and they've lost Zimmerman, but I still think offensively they have enough to compete. And then with their dominant pitching, I think I kind of think they're going to win the division this year. Okay, that's like totally... they would be my pick. Just so quick on that, Pete. I think the Marlins are going to be better this year. I I think they're finished less than last, or like more than last place, or do they finish fourth or better? No, I think they still are in last place this year in the East. But I think they're going to be better than what people think i did put them for under and we'll get to that or we already got to that but like i, don't know. Okay. I feel like yeah go for it who have the marlins added that's gonna bolster their roster uh and they make them better they added vr and they added Corey dickerson and they added uh freak i forget the, the other guy they also added another um good uh, piece, but so yeah, see, those are like I'll pieces, talk, but those aren't. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to why more so why I think the Marlins have a chance of hitting the over here because I, I this is this is this is kind of fits more of my style, and uh, it's maybe it's a lot of hopeful thinking for sure. Like the chances are, I agree are low, but I wanted to have some fun and go the over because I was reviewing their roster and their sixty man list that they submitted, and a lot of it, um, I enjoyed. Um, because they shored up stuff like adding VR, who was a four war player last year and Corey Dickerson, who was a very, a plus bat to the lineup. And they have Brian Anderson, who was like a three war player and they've had like, so there's a few of those guys around. I think Jorge Alfaro will take a step forward, but that's also the case for a lot of the other people. What I like is that they have like four young pitchers who all got like their first taste in the major leagues um and now like it's up to them to take like another step forward next step yeah and be productive but they've shown like the ability to do well um sandy alcantara is a good example like he put together a good first half and was able to get the all-star nomination caleb smith has a really high strikeouts per nine it's over like 10 um and then there's jordan yamamoto who's put together some nice starts um i think Pablo Lopez is another pitcher who's shown some nice things. Um, but I also really like what their bullpen has. Like they have some great like arms down there that can really throw the ball hard and really well. Um, 
and uh, their their organs, their prospects um, are like right there. They're going to be impact player. They could be impact players this year. Like their top prospect, Sixto, Sixto Sanchez. Um, he is supposed to be a good starter. At the very least, a really impactful reliever. So he could come up as a reliever and get his his first touch of the major leagues and throws like 100 plus and has um, that nasty fastball element and that he was a part of the JT Real Muto. Um, and then there's some other outfield bats um, that are close to being ready as well. That can be a plus for this Marlins team. So and that's what has say, to go right. And I would say, I don't think an organization like the Marlins, it's like always cheap trying to keep cost control over their players. I don't think they're going to burn a year of service time this year on pretty much any of their guys. Like I don't see, unless they're like contending late in the season and like want to just go for it this year, then I can see it. But I don't think they're going to start off with the intention of like using their higher end prospects because they're going to want more team control of those guys. No, and I think what you just said is also another point is that they'll be the team that sells like Corey Dickerson and Jonathan Villar potentially to another team. Yeah, that could be a big I think that's a a serious concern as well for them to hit the over. Um, I just like a lot more of their players than I think. Yeah, there's 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 things that I like from them and I hope to see because I would love to see it. And that's the type of stuff I love to see in baseball is people starting to take steps forward in their game. Um. Is there so like the Phillies? What was the overwhelming? We had three to one um, under on the Phillies. We were split on the Mets, and then we were all in agreement for oh. the Braves. So the Phillies, for me, all right, Casey. Why 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 did you not? Why did you take the under for the Phillies at thirty one and a half? Um, kind of like my debates like last week. Really, I don't. I'm not sold on them. I don't think Harper is this okay, so godlike figure. So Harper's is I, 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 regardless. I think Harper's a great player. What's the weakness for this team? The weakness is I definitely think it's their pitching. Okay. I think outside of Nola, I don't. I don't believe in Arietta. I don't. Uh, he's either. kind of aging, kind of like John Lester. I mean, outside of Nola, there's not running out really like wow. Maybe maybe Zach Wheeler, but he, like he's, yeah, they paid him to be. It just I don't. Their starting pitching is just kind of like, in my opinion, a little shaky. I don't know. And their offense to me is average. I, I think Harper's a bright spot. Real Muto's a bright spot. Reese Hoskins, when he wants to be a bright spot, he can be. I mean, Gene Segura, he can hit well, just not a lot of power. There's just not a lot there that wows me about the Phillies that makes me think they're going to contend. I agree. I agree with that. Um, is there anything you want to say to that point? Uh, J. Rob, do you see an overwhelmingly strength or them overcoming um, the pitching weakness or depth to be able to get over 31 and a half in this division? I think we agree the this Phillies? division is pretty strong, though. Yes, the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, with the Phillies, I feel like gotta like they have to have a strong year like i mean from a lot of people and i think harper had a good year last year like and we i talked about this last week when i was talking about the phillies he did have a strong year if you looked at his stats and then like hey what do you think the phillies went like if you had to guess what their record was i think almost anyone would put them better than 81 and 81 like not that he had an amazing year i think he had a better year than to do 500 but that just goes to speak that one player can't carry a team 
like that much. So I don't know. I think did I put him over, didn't I? Or no, I put him under. You put him under. I put him under. Um, I don't, that one was another tough one for me just because I feel like they can do good, but just with like pitching, I feel like isn't going to be the best. I think that's what I'm most worried about. I feel like their offense can come together, especially with like the young talent that they have and just like, all the other factor, factors I talked about last week. But it just, I don't know. I Again, I put them under, so they're another team that was right there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go over. It's just a tough East division like, on both sides, NL, AL. So when they play those 20 games outside, it's still going to be tough, I feel like. So the last closing thoughts on the NL East. Um, Pete and I had three overs and two unders, and then J-Rob and Casey had uh, two overs and three unders. Do you guys – you just – you just mentioned this, J-Rob. You said that you think the NL East is pretty strong. Casey, do you think the NL East is pretty strong, or do you think it is maybe a slight, could potentially be more top-heavy towards, like, the Braves, the Mets, or, like, the Nationals and Phillies, who are teams who are, like, thinking that their window is close, and so they push in and maybe potentially make it more top-heavy? Um, I could think... I think the Braves... I don't know what to say. The NL East definitely... I think it's a good division. I mean, outside the Marlins, I think everyone could contend. I wouldn't be surprised if anyone in that division came out in a playoff spot. I wouldn't be shocked by any means. I'd be shocked I don't think the they're the premier division by any means, but I definitely, I think they're a good division. I could see four teams making the playoffs. All right. One of the four teams making the playoffs. Let's have some fun. Let's uh, quickly go player your pitcher you're uh looking forward to watch from this division and player you're looking forward to watch i know it's quick um i'll go first for me i'm excited to um see soto for player wise and then pitcher wise i think it's probably still Degrom. otherwise i'm interested to see how caleb smith's season will go um if his stuff translates to a really good year or not from the marlins um pete what about you um Pitcher, I would go Degrom. He's just—he's a back-to-back I mean, NL Cy Young winner. Yeah, that kind of dominance is just fun to see, you know. And I'm pretty sure every sports fan just, you know, would love, agree with that. And then I would say Harper. I think okay. he's gonna have a big bounce-back year. Great, Jero. So I'm excited to watch him. <clears throat> um, player, I am as well gonna say Harper. I feel like not just for. Like excited to watch him, but I'm interested to watch him. And just expanding on that real quick, just like I want to see how he comes back. Like after having the year he did last year and how like the letdown of what the team did overall, I want to see what his reaction is, especially in the short shortened season and to see if he can kind of lead the team. Um, so I'm interested to see that picture. Um, I'm going to go with a collective group and I, I want to see just the uh, nationals pitching, like starting pitching their rotation. I'm excited to see how that does to see if they can hold up and like put to something or put something together like they did in the playoffs last year and just kind of see how that goes. Awesome. Casey? Uh, pitcher, I'm excited to see Syndergaard pitch. And uh, then player. Hey, um, he's Not out. Strowman. No, Syndergaard's oh, out? out for the year. Uh, what? Well, yeah. Let's go with, uh, oh, well, I'll put a damper. Let's go with uh, Strowman then. That's why you didn't argue. Thor last week's because he was out. You knew that. Strowman, cool. Yeah. Uh, what about player? And then player. Robbie? Dude, I'm going to say it. Yeah, and I had to say it. Robbie Cano. Nice. All right. Awesome. 
Now, let's go on to the National League. We'll go through the same order, so I won't say each of your names here. But we're going to start with the St. Louis Cardinals. We have our hometown boy, J-Rob, representing them. Um, Damn right, boy. Go ahead and kick it off, Casey, J-Rob, and Pete, and then I'll go. Thunder. Uh, I put over. I put they suck ass. But It looks like you put best team in there. <laughs> That's not factually accurate, but I actually have them over. I have them over as well. So that's three to one for the Cardinals over. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, they are at 30 and a half. So right on the 500 line. Casey? I have them over. I put over. I have over. I have the under, so a three to one over as well on that one for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're having some fun in the Google Sheets and changing stuff around. But <laughs> I wish I could share what they were saying to each other. Um, next on the list is the Chicago Cubs, a thirty-one and a half, the same as the Cardinals were, and uh, one below or ahead of where the Brewers were. I have them uh, over. Under. Over. I have them over also, though. Again, another 3-1 over for another NOS team, but we've had a different under for each person. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds made some acquisitions this year, and they fall in right with the Cardinals and Cubs at 31 and a half. I have them over. I have them over. Under. I have them over. So another three to one. And the last and the last one in the division, the Pittsburgh Pirates at 25 and a half games. I have them under. 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 And we have our first under sweep. I have them under as well. Um all right. Um J Rob. This is kind of your division. What do you want to, what do you, what kind of stuck out to you from that? I mean, it was pretty st straightforward across each division. Like everyone just picked a different under. Um, but yeah, go ahead and take it away. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, hold on, sorry. The biggest thing is him to change the name from Horseshit to St. Louis Cardinals <laughs> on the Google Sheet. St. Louis Cardinals. That's what I'm doing. Um, it, well, the first thing I noticed is how tight that is. You have three teams at 31.5 in that division. You have a, the fourth team at 30.5. Yeah. And then you have the team, the Pirates, which obviously they're not a terrible team, but they're pretty terrible. So they're not even close to that, or they're five off the top. Um, and obviously with the shortened season, that plays a big factor. But like this is going to be a close division. I mean, even playing those in a, or AL Central teams, I think that's going to be really tight. I feel like the divisions are matched pretty well. Um, but the Brewers, I think, are right there. I think the Brewers are better than the Cubs. I think the Cubs don't do nearly as good this year. Not that well, why is that? Pirates bad. I, just, I don't. They've I feel like there's a lot there. They have a new manager. They've been trying to get rid of Chris Bryant. Like he was on the trading block a lot last year or towards the end of the year. Um, the, towards the end of the year, they slipped a lot. Like they were right so, in the so run. So what is Chris Bryant being on the block? How does that impact the team? I mean, he's still on the Cubs and a and productful hitter. What is him, the rumors of him being on the block, how does that affect their performance? I feel like, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Not the atmosphere, but just kind of like the, 
where the cub is or where the cubs are and disconnected from the team and like ready for to move on and the They've kind of just forgotten about that. Kind of that. No, I mean, not so much just with him, though. I just almost feel like, like the club in general, I feel like they've fallen off a lot since 2016. Like Chris Bryant has not produced at the same level. Not that he's bad, but has not produced at the same level as he did like that year, just his first couple of years in the league. Um, Anthony Rizzo hasn't produced as well. Again, both really good players and are still going to put up really good numbers. Just they're not, I feel like, at their peak i mean they're in their peak years but like not doing those numbers that they did a few years ago um and obviously with a shortened season it's already weird but then throwing in like with the new manager and everything i think it's just a lot going on there um see and so that's, that's why what I, I yeah go i have the reds under because we, we all like just switched the team basically and the reds are the ones that i have under and i think it's just because I don't think the Reds can compete offensively with the three other teams that I have over. Obviously, we all put the Pirates under. But, like, the Reds, they have Votto, who, you know, is a really, really good hitter, obviously. But, like, he's older. And I feel like hitting is going to be kind of contagious this year, especially, like, with the shortened season format. So, like, you know, I have the Phillies over because I think Bryce Harper can get hot at the beginning of the season. And then that's, like, you know, you get a hitter hot, the lineup gets hot, and just can carry you. And so I would say, you know, the Cardinals are just obviously a solid all-around team. Just have shitty fans. Um, the Brewers, they have Yelich, who can start off the season really hot. And then the Cubs have Bryant, who's a really great hitter. They have how the – I just forgot the first baseman's name. What the F say his name? Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. Rizzo, yeah. So, like, I think they all have a higher potential offense than the Reds have. So that's why the Reds are my team that's under because I just don't think – like, their pitching is interesting, and they can have really good pitching, I could see, but I don't think their offense will be there. And then I think... So, what, is it, like, the, what is it from the offense that you don't like? Cause, so, so just, the reason I ask the question is because I, I feel like they might be the strongest offense in that division because I think they were a pretty good offense. I don't think they were great last year. That was their weakness last year, actually, was the offense. Uh, their, yeah. pitching was actually, exactly. their pitching was actually good. But I think they've exactly. made... I think they've made acquisitions to help that offense you still have eugenio suarez who hit over 49 home runs last year they added mike moustakis they added nick castellanos they added shogo i don't know how to pronounce his last name a japanese player who gets on base really well to play center field for them nick senzel's gonna have another year Uh, second baseman's gonna be mike moustakis still i think um and then they still had they still have jesse winker who hits he's grades out well on like the stack cast side of stuff um hits the ball really hard and then they you had a kino who busted out hit 14 home runs in a month so i'm just curious what from that offense you don't think is i I think the cubs is probably the second best offense in that division um i just think they they bolstered enough reds cubs in that division offensively um yeah yeah yeah. i I would i would say that okay and see, like, Aquino's not even listed as a starter anywhere on their roster. Yeah, no, I don't so, know like, if he is a starter. But they have, because they have, like, they have better right players now. than that, yeah. But, and that's what, like, I mean, they got assault. But like I said, I think Votto's getting older. Moustakis is an older hitter at this point. Like, I mean, they're not super old, but they're older. Who's better, Moustakis or Rizzo? Mm, I would say Rizzo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
and you can probably find stats that prove me wrong. No, no, I think the stats probably point to Rizzo. Numbers, I just yeah. don't think he's that far behind, and they added that. And they I also, don't think he's that far behind either, but like I think Chris Bryant's the best offensive player in that. Okay. Between I those two teams, and then I would say Rizzo. I actually think we're not mentioning the best Bottle. player out of any out of both of those teams, which is Javi Baez. Totally space Javi Baez, yeah. Who you know, I could absolutely see being an NL MVP candidate. Like so exactly. I I think I totally forgot about Baez too. Yeah, so that's why I think the Cubs just have uh better offense and that's why i think we'll be the separator between those two teams just like last year they didn't have a good enough offense and like they added some pieces but i don't think their pieces like to push your team over the top i like that i think the cubs i think the cubs probably do have a better offense now more i'm thinking about cast you have uh wilson Contreras behind the plate still have schwarber who's a good bat um Mm -hmm. al moore and hayward would be really good as dh yeah, he could yeah, be. That's true. He gets he, to just DH. He actually this year. grades out as an average defender too. Still, like he wasn't in the beginning, but he's increased his game better to, now to reach that point, which is impressive. Um, Casey, uh, what are your feelings on some of the NL Central stuff? Oh wait, one more thing. I think adding David Ross as their manager. Obviously, they lost a really good manager who's proven at multiple stops. But like David Ross, you know, was on their championship winning team, and so I think just like he can be a very inspirational like motivator to kind of like get those guys back into that mindset where they were at when they won the world series. That's just another point. I had. Sorry. Go ahead, Casey. Um, this is, I think it's a weird division. Cause like, there's so many good teams out there. I I think every team could win like their division and make a decent run in the playoffs besides the pirates, obviously. And even the pirates could play like spoiler. They have, not a terrible team. I think it's better than the Marlins team. But for me, it's like this is going to come down to who's hot at the right time. It's kind of like how the Nationals were last year. Like, if the Cubs are hot at the right time, they'll be hard to catch. If the Cardinals are hot at the right time, they'll be hard to catch. If the Reds are hot, they'll be hard. Same with the Brewers. Like, there's just so many pieces in this division that I think kind of beat up on each other. Yeah. So it's going to come down to really just who's who's the streakiest in the division. like, And it'll be fun to watch this division, especially because it's like already the season 60 games and everyone's going to be basically playing for playoff contention no matter what. Like these 60 games matter. Like it's not just like a, a late May, early June game where it's a summer day game and you're just kind of like going through the motions. Like, no, like every one of these games like matters. And I feel like this division will be fun to watch. Just because of the bloodbath. And on top of that, you have to mix in with, like, the Indians. You have to mix in with the White Sox. You have to mix in with the Tigers. Um, the Twins. Like, you're still, like, forgetting, like, they have to play other, the AL Central, too, which the Twins are a really good team. And the White Sox got really good over the offseason. The Indians can prove, like, they've been to the World Series in the past the last five years. years. Yeah. So it's, like, so it's not a, a bad team. So yeah, I would say that, that, that AL Central is the weakest division in baseball. Is what I would say. I mean, I agree with you on that one. So but like, I think you still have you still have a team Central that could wins. You have the the Twins that could just hit like what like four hundred home runs or something like that last year. Like they hit the most in yeah, baseball. Absolutely. But we're only talking about four so games like you have... from the Twins versus like the eight from the Tigers and Royals. That yeah. makes that division yeah. weak. And a White Sox, which I think the White Sox will be better, but I still don't think they're going to be good. Fair. And see, I think I think the White Sox will be sneaky good. I think 
and this is kind of just like me being a little more biased because like, I kind of like I still kind of follow Tim the White Anderson. Sox. Well, Tim, yeah, that's, all, Tim that's, okay. that's fair, man. That's your opinion, man. Tim Anderson, I think, is one of the better shortstops in baseball. I mean, I think he's better than any shortstop besides Javi Baez in that division in the NL Central. Um, I mean, he won the batting title last year. I don't think his offense numbers are bad. His he was pretty solid defensively. All right, all right, all I think right. we, we 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 understand you like Timmy. This is not a AL Central <laughs> discussion, though. I'm gonna I stop think, you. Uh, I'm gonna stop you before I'll, you go I'll, down. I'll, I'll, I dedicated that say, whole thumbnail to Tim I'm Anderson say, for you. I'm gonna say no, 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 no. You're say, done with your Tim Anderson. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Tim, I think you're you're probably right. Tim Anderson is probably the second best shortstop. All right, we agree with you. You don't need to go through your Tim Anderson spiel. All right, we'll say. That one, we'll save it. <laughs> All I gotta say is, uh, uh the Cardinals have the under because I just want to piss off J Rob. Okay, yeah, no. I well, a thought for you, Pete, real the, quick. Yeah. I don't I don't think David Ross does as good as people think he will. I honestly think that's kind of a letdown, maybe not specifically. I disagree. This year. I think I, think I don't think, J- I think Joe Madden was overrated. Good. I like David Ross, I love it. I, yeah, I did not yeah. like Joe Mann. Like, Joe Mann's obviously a good manager. Obviously, he got him their first World Series win. But, like, Almost honestly, did the it. same thing. I think teams yeah, like what? Well, I mean, just... And so that's why the new voice will be really helpful for the Cubs. Because, like, the Rays, when he was first there, did really, really good <laughs> the first couple of years. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, with him, he does good. Like, I think, I don't know what it is about his coaching style. And we don't need to go on this because it doesn't really matter not pertaining to what we're talking about. But, like, his style, I think, is different. And so that's why it changes or helps teams at first because it's just something new. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, and once tired. it gets settled in, get like, that's it, longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, it falls. Because that's what happened with the Rays, too. Yeah, it happened here. And so, so I mean, why I do you think David Ross won't be benefit for that? I just feel like... I almost feel I, I do actually like him as a person. Like I mean, I was listening to him a lot. I think he was on ESPN when he would join, yeah. like when they do like Sunday night baseball with like Alex Rodriguez or whatever and who else was on there, but um he would join a lot and he just announced games. Yeah, but he like I don't know. I just feel like in baseball and obviously the catcher's kind of the best pitcher or position or known for like Andrews. players who are catchers a lot of times become managers. Yeah, just because Absolutely. they see the game from a different point of view and things like that. And he was a great catcher. I just don't with his like his personality alone. I almost feel like he's almost going to be too much of like a bro. And, and obviously, I could be completely wrong, but just I don't know if he's his what his managing style's got to be. And he played with a lot of those players literally just a couple of years ago, and then now he has to like be the leader of that team. And obviously, you're not like a so, coach for a little league team, is- but. I don't really want to dive too much into this, but just as a comparison, I think a really pretty decent comparison is uh, Aaron Boone. Um, yeah. What, what, how do you feel yeah. about Aaron Boone? Because like, he came in from Joe Girardi, who was a proven manager, but it was a fresh voice. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest thing for a manager is how they control the, bro- the clubhouse. I don't know if having yeah. a bro manager is a bad thing. If you feel like a player can come to you at any point in time, that's my number yeah. one concern as a fan. I would say that's good, especially in the Cubs. Like you have Theo Epstein, who is obviously like really good at managing baseball teams. You know, broke two two curses with one complete shit organization, and then the Cubs. But also so like obviously, organization. Obviously, so do you still have that like baseball knowledge and like the stats and all that he's bringing. So even if David Ross isn't as strong as that, even though like, I think obviously, you know, 
he's a major league catcher for years and years. Like he obviously understands baseball as well, but like, so, and by that's what Madden wasn't bringing is that like camaraderie and that like team spirit together to like motivate and bring the team together, which I think will be great asset for the Cubs to have. And like my comparison, that's all I'm just going and then going with hometown, what I know. And it's a little bit different because, or where I'm going with this, Mike Matheny though. Yeah. Like also another great catcher. Um, but he did not do well in St. Louis. I mean, his first year they made the playoffs, and then I think he managed for four or five years. It didn't end um, well. I think he made it plus first two years, and then he missed the playoffs the last three years in a row. And a lot of people would say just the reason they made the playoffs the first two years is just because that was still pretty much left over from Tony Larusa, And then, like, the last three years from what you saw were – like his, his actual like coaching and like bringing up through the system, things like that. And so, and maybe that's why I think the same way with David Ross, it's just because that's the personal experience sure. or like the, what I watched for like five years. And so, and obviously every manager is different. And I feel like Mike Matheny and, and David Ross are a lot different as well, but yeah, I don't know. That's just what I think of. That's fair. That's another good example as well to bring up. I think um, with that personal experience, Overall, I mean, this is a discussion for maybe another day. I don't think managers have that big of an impact over the season outcome. I just think, can they keep the players yeah. happy? That's what really matters yeah. and keep their mindset in the right. Exactly. And I not think, yeah, take they away. Can, they can just, definitely be more harmful, I think, yes. than like they actually are positive. Like It's just like they can damage the team, I would say, more than they like actually like increase wins. I don't think managers necessarily increase wins. They just can like destroy teams yeah. more than i agree with that 100 percent. all right so quickly to wrap up uh the nl central we'll just go around real fast and do pitcher and player casey who are your pitcher and player or thing you're interested in for the nl central um nl central i'm interested in jack flaherty player christian yelich j-rom i could have sworn his name was jake flaherty <laughs> all right shut your mouth <laughs> Um, I was going to pick him as well, um, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to go, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go interesting player to watch. I'm going to go Chris Bryant because I think there's like, I don't know. I just think he needs to improve himself. I'm more not like wanting to watch, but I, I feel like the players I'm picking, like same with Bryce Harper, like they have something to prove. So I'm interested in watching them just to see kind of how they perform or what happens there. Cool. So I'm going to go Chris Bryant. Two childhood friends as well. I like Bryant. Um, and then I think pitcher, I'm going to go with uh, Alex Reyes. Okay, cool. Yeah. The pro- the top pro- pitching prospect who's had dealt with some injuries. He could be yeah. a big, big addition to the Cardinal team. Pete? Um, player, I would say Christian Yelich, just because, like, I mean, he's, he's obviously dominant. Yeah, he's in a great stretch of his career. Year. I think Chris Bryant, too, is also, like, a really good pick, because it's, like... <laughs> <laughs> he is a prick, he's a great guy, yeah, yo, he's a good dude. He's I a great prick. Of, I, I looked at, I'll be honest, I looked at J-Rob <laughs> and prick just popped into my head, you know. You know, that just happened. Oh, my God. But, so, I is boring. He is a prick. Well, he's not wrong on that one. But You've so never like been. That, go. Keep going. I think that's really interesting, like, because, you know, if he has a really big year, he could be traded somewhere else if the Cubs don't do so good. And, like, you know, he's going to – he, you know, was a premier player and, like, could have been signing a 
Bryce Harper, Manny Machado type contract, but then like hasn't been as good the past like little bit. So it's interesting to see whether he like lives up to that For potential or he becomes yeah, yeah. Or becomes like a Jason Hayward type player where like started off really well and it's like a very solid player still, I would say, but not like doesn't lead to seems like he's gonna also. be out of the box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then pitcher, I would say Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah. He's just like He's just interesting all around. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Person, player, just his whole, yeah, everything about him is a very interesting. And I feel like he's going to be even more outspoken than normal this year with just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, that's just yeah. the type of guy he he's is. He's taking so up a big voice for sure. Yeah, that's exactly. who I was going to go with as well. Like, I think this is his last year. And like he said that he's not going to sign anything more than a one-year deal after this too. He's just going to have a really interesting career. So to give another pitcher for you guys to watch or pay attention to, I think it's Sonny Gray. He had a great year coming from the Yankees. Fuck Sonny Gray. And I I love the dude. He's a great guy. I'm happy to see Mm -hmm. him be able to bounce back for that Reds team. And just them having – I think them actually having a good pitching staff is exciting. Sonny Gray is a guy I like to watch. Um, so that's a play, the pitcher to watch for, and the player. Can't count on him when you. I'm actually going to go with another red. It's going to be the center fielder Shogo, the guy from Japan that they brought over. If he's able to get on base at a good clip, they're going to make that offense go. So, look for the Reds uh, and their success to maybe him being the linchpin or just scoring a bevy of runs for them, as along with Vado. If both of those two can get on before Suarez, Castellanos, Mustakis. Just that murderer's row of power. That'll be really interesting to see. So um, that's NL Central. We obviously didn't talk, talk, touch everything, but we're going to go ahead and move on to the NL West. Um, first off, we're going to start with the San Diego Padres. And they are exactly at the same spot the Milwaukee Brewers were at 30 and a half, right at the 500 line. Um, and we'll go in the same order rotation again. So go for it, Casey. I have them over. Thank you. Got them over. Thank you. I'm not a kiss ass. I have them under. Uh, you. And then I have them over. I have to take. I, I'm a bias. I will always dream. Um, that's three one over. And then next we have the Colorado Rockies, uh, who made the playoffs two years ago, but then drastically fell off last year, and their line is at 27 and a half wins. Uh, sorry, Brooks. I have him under. Adam under as well. I also have them under. And it's going to be an under sweep from us. I have him as an under also. Moving on. The sorry, sorry, Brooks. Arizona Diamondbacks at 31 and a half. I have them over. Uh, Diamondbacks, I have them over as well. Also have them over. And so do I. That actually makes our second over sweep. The other one being the Atlanta Braves. Um, well, I think that's one a bit of an interesting one to see. Um, going on to the next team, the San Francisco Giants at 25 and a half wins. Under. 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 The second under sweep for the division. I have them under as also. And then we have the FTD. Next, for all those who know that, uh, the Dodgers. I have them over. Oh, sorry, I didn't say the line. 37 and a half. Casey's over. I have them under. I have them over. 
And again, it's a biased opinion for me, but I have an own under. Um, this one's a, this is an interesting division. It was a lot different from the other two, where like there was three to ones. There was some split in the NL East, but this one like seemed to have a lot more consensus. Yeah, there was a de- there's definitely seems to be like we feel like we know who is going to do kind of well in this division. From that's what that's what I took away from our over unders. Um, I feel like I've been talking a lot, so I want to hear what Casey thinks about um, the NL West. Um, I, th- I think it's a or maybe some players, something from the NL West. You don't have to talk about the division itself. You can talk about player, whatever you want. I th- I think the Dodgers are going to win it. I just think they're the best team in that division. I think they're one of the best teams in baseball. I think Bellinger's the real deal. I like Walker Buehler. Kershaw's still relevant. Like. They're just really deep in their depth as well. I do like the Padres, though. I like I like Tatis a lot. I th- think he's a super fun player to watch. I like Machado a lot. I'm not the biggest believer of Hosmer, but I think he could <laughs> at least a believer play. Of Hosmer. <laughs> he could he play a role at some point. I mean, he could do something. That's not what you want from a freaking eight-year, hundred-plus-million-dollar contract, man. Oh, he's so bad. But Paddock is pretty dope. I like Paddock a lot. I think the Padres are exciting team to watch. And, like, I think the new, like, brown, or not new, but, like, going back to, like, the brown and gold, I think will kind of, like, add a little more flair and, like, an identity to the Padres that they kind of want to showcase. I don't think that impacts wins or anything. Hey, he's talking about the NL West, man. They're cool. I just don't think that has anything to do with. I mean, you never know. Like, it's, it's, like, change of scenery. Like, I mean, I use the King Felix example. Like, he was in that Seattle career his whole entire that's career. Switching man. actual teams, not. But it could be superstitious. It could be. It could be li- literally a superstition. Here's like, a great example: the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. They drop the Devil and they go to the World Series, baby. The Tampa Bay that Rays. Has, yeah. That that you never a lot know. More to do with their roster than the drop. Than that the roster was they trash. They had their best that player was Evan, rookie Evan Longoria. He okay. was a beast. <laughs> He just kicked your Yankees ass to go to the World Series, so I mean. I'm aware we had a good team, and they were, he was a beast. Uh, the Diamondbacks are the Diamondbacks are a weird one because the Diamondbacks, like, I don't think people really realize how good they can be. Like, they're kind of like sneaky under the radar, good if that makes sense. Yeah. So J J J Rob, the interesting. I'm looking at the lines from like comparing to the other two. The NL East put like. The majority of the teams over 500 and same with the nl central like at 500 essentially but this 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 is the first division where we have like two clear teams that they put as losing seasons and then they had obviously the the heavier end they think the dodgers are going to beat up on a lot but then there's the two middle ones how do you feel about like where the these this line was in comparison to the last two divisions um I feel like the other two divisions, they only had one team that was clearly under, and the other ones were kind of like around 500 or a little bit above. And then, yeah, with the Dodgers, they're clearly above. You have two that are clearly down, and then two that are right about 500. I, I mean, yeah, I agree with what Casey was saying and everyone else. Just that the Dodgers are good. I put the Dodgers under, and I think yeah, I that's that completely biased for you. No, no, I don't think it can be. Because literally, if they well, win... Here's... If they win 40 games, Four. if you put that towards the full season, that's only 106 wins. You don't think the Dodgers can win 106 games? With it. No. They, you guys Not realize they, they added Mookie Betts, right? An absolute no. monster player. 
you know what you there added already to every other team though? lineup what not to every Betts. right and it's not a player it's not even a... anything that's obtainable or like anything that's like hard fact or anything but what you added to every single team not just in the NL West shortened season where anything is possible with I feel like the Padres especially now they're going to make a push the Rockies maybe not like I mean they will they're try but I don't know if they have enough the Diamondbacks I think are going to make a heavy push like everyone's just going to go all out because they have like the best chances for some of these teams in years to potentially make the playoffs maybe not even the World Series maybe they're still they know they're too far for that but to make the playoffs and because every game matters more I think like players as well because they're they just want to play everything. I just think everything's going to be so close. I think the Dodgers still come out on top, but I don't think. I mean, do they finish with thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven wins? Yeah, and if they go over, I'm not going to be surprised either. I feel like the competition is just going to be so much more. I feel like it's going to be playing baseball in August and September, the end of the season, but everyone feels like they're in contention, and it's going to be for practically the whole season. See, and I um, feel like, because I talked about this earlier too with the Marlins, where I don't think teams, like, they're not going to try to go all in right away. Like, I, I think I agree with you where you said, like, if they're still in contention with what their regular roster is in, like, August, September, then I can see them trying to push and go all in. But I see that now that I've been thinking about it more, I think I can see a lot of teams that aren't going to waste their upcoming players. Like you're not going to use when you are going to lose this player, you think eventually to like the bigger teams, like the Dodgers, the Yankees that just buy your players, you know, after their service time is up for you. I don't think most teams are going to waste a year on 60 games instead of the full 162. So I don't think teams like that are going to go all in unless they're, in contention at the end and the Dodgers like I don't think the Padres are going to have that many wins the Rockies and Giants I don't think are going to have that many wins and then you have the Mariners who are trash in the other division you're welcome Casey you also have in the other division you have the Angels who are predicted really good this year Um, but you also have the Rangers so I don't think they're going to be good so that's like four teams that you're going to pick up a lot of wins versus or I feel like you have four teams in the AL West that are going to be super hard to come by, which at the same time, you aren't playing them for a piece. See, and I don't think be surprised the if they will split with the either. Angels, split with the A's. I think the Rangers are good enough. They could split and then split with the Astros. Rangers take one. If that's best case scenario for all those teams, I would worst say case the, Dodgers the Dodgers are better than all of those teams, though. So I think they. Would I go, think yeah. I think I think they go three one versus two of those, and maybe two two versus another one. And obviously, also that depends like pitcher matchups and all this stuff. But yeah. don't sleep so on the M's. Sleep. You wouldn't be surprised. The M's have been slept on. <laughs> they're, they're constantly mm-hmm. getting hit. People are constantly hitting snooze for the M's. Right, that's not yeah, an M's discussion. Try, stop trying to pull yourself to Tim Anderson yeah, in the M's all the time. I just think, like, Mookie Betts is being underrated right now. And, like, I'm not, you know, obviously not even a Mookie Betts fan. But, like, facing him for the past few... Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very excited to not face him this year. <laughs> He's a like, I'll out. just put it that way. As a Yankee, exactly. Like, okay, Casey, stop showing us Cincinnati Reds legend Ken Griffey Jr., Chicago White Sox legend Ken Griffey Jr. No, I just hate on the M's. That's just to bring it point. back a bit, cool. um, I did like the points that K- uh, Pete made about saying uh, people aren't going to use service time for the prospects that aren't in it. 
and i i totally agree with that um but the interesting part about the so a lot of the lists have been submitted the most of the teams have submitted their 60 man list that they can use that's like the players that they can pull from for the season and that's like they have to stay within that list um most of the teams actually put like the prospects that are close to being ready for this year or for next on those lists so yes i don't think they'll use them but those handful of teams that think they have a shot of doing it i think will go towards using them so i think there's both sides to it now the question is going to be how many teams think they have a chance are going to activate that person at that time to make a push for the playoffs like j rob you said like teams are going to feel like they have the best chance to make the playoffs this year maybe not the world series but like i think i disagree with that rationale i think if you get into the playoffs it's like you just have a good as bet as a good as chance as anybody um you know that seen, as a cardinals fan as a cardinal fan there's repeated wild card winners our most recent world series champ was a wild card winner it, it like it doesn't matter once you're in there like anyone's got a chance unless you're the twins See, playing the yankees and i like i also yeah the prospects got added but like think about it if you wait just like see where you're at and don't use them right away are you really gonna burn a whole year of service time for like 30 to 40 games like if you don't start with them right away because you're waiting to see if you're in contention like i can see you know maybe one or two teams that's it just one or two yeah how many more teams teams do you think you're going to be within like four games though pete See, I think there's a lot, but I think, and I even like, as a fan, I don't really think I'd want to waste a year of, like when I know I am only going to have this guy for, you know, six years or seven years or whatever it is, like to use him for 30 games and lose him like a year earlier to, you know, my Yankees, obviously that'll benefit. And guess what? I just like, I think a lot of. Guess what? That's something to watch for, for everybody. See who does it. It definitely will be exciting. Um, and like, as a not, you know, I don't have a, I don't think I have a lot of high prospects and Yankees prospects never pan out anyway. So like, I would be fine with everyone using them. Like, it's more exciting for baseball fans in general. Yes. I just think front offices aren't going to be like wanting to do that. Okay. Like that's just what that's I a, predict will happen. A question for you: What's more valuable, playoff experience or regular season experience for a player? Playoff experience. So and we're and that's feel like an obvious answer but the reason i just wanted you to say it because i feel like in going to the situation obviously it's still not a playoff game but like if a lot of these games are high intensity feel a little bit more like a playoff game just because of the intensity and because they mean more because there's less games maybe not right at the beginning but obviously the closer and closer you get to the end of the year but and teams say- are close i think people use those prospects just because that's valuable like quality time and quality games and everything that they're putting in or that these people are getting which i get that but i would also even say like because this year's playoff experience is going to be like no other there's not going to be fans there's not going to be that road environment where teams are screaming at you like so i don't think this year's playoff experience will be as valuable for teams as it normally is we're gonna have like like i said i would rather how many let's casey how many teams do you think will like organizations obviously aren't like the Dodgers, the Yankees are just like, it really doesn't matter to them because they know they can spend whatever money they want whenever they want. Teams like your Mariners or the Padres that like, 
have a good chance of losing their prospects eventually. How many do you see going and burning a year of service time for their players? Well, the Mariners are already doing it. The Mariners have already they've invited their draft picks to the training camp. Like they want to get these guys going. So and see, I don't think training camp like you get them there camp. to yeah practice them and see and all this stuff, but. I don't think I think it shows us how aggressive it just depends on how aggressive the team wants to be like if the team feels like they have a Fernando Tatis in their organization and they feel like this is a good chance to use him and like make a push for it like I don't see why you wouldn't so like I mean for the Mariners obviously the Mariners aren't gonna we're not competing no matter what like no matter we could have the next Tatis but that's one player in our organization but like players like if Tatis were to break into the scene this year and the Padres were to be like okay, yeah, like, we have this dude who just could mash up, like, light up our lineup. Like, why wouldn't you bring him up? I feel like if the Tatis effect happened this year, like, the Padres would be almost, like, no doubters for the, the playoffs. McKenzie so, or Luis Patino. Yeah. I mean, it, it really just depends on how the team feels about the player. If they feel like they have their window of opportunity is decent right now, and they can make a push, with, especially with players that they feel like they could win now with i don't see an issue with losing that i mean yeah it sucks that you'll we'll get a full season with them but if you get a championship out of it like what's what's it matter that's see, just what you gotta what, take with it especially coming off of this last world series championship they have a player that when he was younger they could have pushed they were close to contention but they were thinking long term with obviously steven strasberg and, you know, it kind of paid off this year. So teams are going to have that in their mind, I think. Like, oh, they didn't burn out his arm early. And so now, you know, he helped them through the playoffs. And so I can see that having an impact as well. Like, what also teams think like you're talking term. You're talking about this, too. Like, a lot of it is on the player. Like, a lot of it is, like, just on player loyalty, too. Like, I don't think you have to worry about it too much if your players are happy. If you're happy in the organization, like, take Steven Strasburg, for example, like, we thought he would won his World Series with the Nationals. He did what he had to do with the Nationals. Like he's he's going to go back home to San Diego. Like I thought he was going to be a Padre. Like I 100% thought he was going to be a Padre. And signs that deal with the Nationals. It's because it's like it's they like the organization. They like like what you're doing with the team. They like they like the direction. Even if you may not be winning this year or whatnot, like you can keep players that way. Because not every player is about the money. Especially as like a player that I mean, but there's won. also small market teams that are never going to offer what other teams are going to offer to keep their players around. I mean, yeah. I mean, you. I guess that's the case for the Nationals. They lost Rendon, but I mean, it's also kind of the beauty of the sport, too, is like, they're, you're telling me that when Jeter retired, the world was like, oh shit, like, we think he will never win again, but then here comes Gleyber Torres. Like, here, like, there's always players, and same with like, I was trying to think of who's a, who's a good example. It's like the Braves. Like they lost Shipper Jones, and everyone's like, oh, they have nothing now. Andre Jones is gone. Well, now you have Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Dancy Swanson. You had Donaldson for a minute. So it's like you can develop players, and like you have to kind of trust your front office like they know what they're doing. So I don't really worry too much about like losing like service, a year of service out of players. If anything, team, it just seems to do that all the time, though, even in normal seasons. Where they don't yeah, so I, I don't see how like why it'd be an issue with this year. It's just treated it like a contract year. So overall, we've kind of gone 
a lot into this. Um, just to kind of wrap up this talk, I think overall, um, to Pete's point, nobody's going to be rushed. There's not, there's, there's not hundred prospect players who are ready to come up and just offer a plus asset to the team. The team, the players who are going to get a chance at it are the people who have, maybe it's out of need, but maybe it's somebody who's really pushing it. And it's like an actual legit prospect, like a Vladimir Guerrero jr. Like a Eloy Jimenez. Those are the players, Pete Alonzo. There's, there's maybe like five to eight batters that have, will have an impact as a position player. Um, I think pitching side is the more interesting thing. I think there's potential for a handful of starters, but there's a lot of people who are starters that are being tried out as starters that could potentially then be like, Hey, you know what? We need that extra weapon in the bullpen. We need you to come throw in the bullpen for 30 innings this for us this year. And, uh, then like things come lethal from there. I mean, from experiences of like the St. Louis Cardinals and they went with Wainwright as a closer. It's like, so there, I could see that when it's like, but that goes to more of Pete's point. It's like there were for sure in the playoffs and they're like, Hey, we're, we're going to play with what we, the best team that we've got. And if that includes a prospect, I think the team will still do it. I don't think we're going to see a mad rush of players getting their service time trigger to Pete's point. I don't think um, anything's going to be out of the norm. It'll be more fun because to J Rob's point, every game matters so much more. A team that goes on a six game loss streak might be then out of the season. A team that goes on the first 10 game win streak might be just far ahead of everybody else. Um, but I, it's going to be interesting. Those are things to watch to see which rookie is hot first. Cause sometimes if a rookie comes out cold, then has a good second half, like Jack Flaherty, if he has that cold first half, he's not as impactful. They, I mean, but that can go for a lot of veterans, a lot of stuff like that. Um, but just to bring it back to the NL West, um, the Dodgers, I mean, this shows that like they're the, obviously the clear fa- favorites. They've got the target on their back from the National League. How much does that impact the baseball game where it's like you guys are suiting up against the Dodgers? I mean, how much did that matter when teams went up against LeBron and the Heat? It's like, you're the best team. We're going to give us, we're going to give you guys our best effort. How does that translate to like baseball when you f- fight the best team on in the league it's like who knows maybe they have that random series where they the the mariners beat them three out of four or whatever and it's just like well that wasn't anticipated but the mariners came showed up for that series or something but they were trash like the rest of the year like the, the series that were like assumed to be like wins that go the other way might be the deciding factor for a lot of these divisions because overall when we review the national league it's very tight with the exception of the West that they think is going to be more decisive, that central, it's a, it's a coin flip, man. It, it could be a coin flip. The Annalise could be a coin flip. Um, but without a doubt, the National League is, and will be a very, very interesting to watch, seeing which teams stay in it and keep competing or which teams were supposed to compete and then we're out and then now we're selling Chris Bryant. Anthony Rizzo or somebody just to shed some contracts. Um, I was going to do conclusion, but I will really want to hear who you guys are excited to watch again, since we did that for the other two divisions. Um, so I want to go to Pete and see who he's excited to watch. Maybe he's excited to see Mookie Betts in, in a non Red Sox uniform. Who knows? But Pete. I actually, Mookie Betts is my second pick and I was saving him because I thought you'd let yourself go first so you could cheat and take Tatis. 
But I'll go ahead and screw you over. Okay. Tatis, these young, exciting players, like he's, I think, going to be an absolute beast. Hopefully, eventually end up on an actual good team where he can do some winning. But he's there. So, I'm position player, I'd say <laughs> Tatis, like, I think he's going to have an absolute beast of a year. And then pitcher, I am actually going to pick, holy crap, I just forgot his name. No, Clayton Kershaw. Because, like, I love as pitchers get older and they don't have their, like, dominant yeah. stuff that they just could come out and rely. Like, the last few years of CC Sabathia, like, I loved and appreciated him more than when he came in 09 and was just throwing absolute gas. Like, I just love watching pitchers as they're older figure out they're like, okay, now how am I going to get this guy out that I can't just reach back and throw 99? And so that's like, I just, I love watching older pitchers that were so dominant, like, have to change and compete and just like stay on that. So Clayton Kershaw is my pick for that. Nice. I like that a lot. I think Grinky's a great example. It's like, it's cool Grinky to see that well, because yeah. you see the pitcher continuing to develop his craft. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not what got him to the majors, but he developed something that kept him in the majors. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, J Rob. Um, I think I'm going to go with player. I want to see. And I'm sticking with my thing, not necessarily like the most exciting, but well, I mean, still an exciting player, but a player that has something to prove. Um, and that's going to be third baseman, Colorado Rockies. Um, wow. His name. What's his name? No, <laughs> no, dude. You love him. No, there, not him. <laughs> I, I, I was blanking so much. You got to have one of those a week. But yeah, no, Arenado. I think also kind of more curious, kind of like the Chris Bryant. I just not necessarily so much to prove, but just see how he does in the situation he's in. Kind of like same thing with Chris Bryant, like because the situation, because he's on the trading block, just like how is he going to react to that? Is he like, is that going to affect him negatively? Or is he going to come out with like, I got to prove myself, show why I'm valuable and like, and then leave. Not that Chris Bryant or uh, Nolan's, either of them are going to do that. But like, I don't know. That's why I'm just curious to see how the season affects them or like how they take the season on. Cool. Um, Who's pitcher? Then, but pitcher, I'd, I'd say Wade Miley. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wade. Well, that's a really interesting one. Wow. How come? Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious on that one. For him, I just think it kind of with the team aspect, I just feel like what like i just want to see what he brings to the table or just like with the di- i mean the diamondbacks have a 31.5 not that that's amazing but that's the second best in that division in the nl west and so i'm just curious to see what they do with like or how that team does and i just feel because he's their number one isn't he no diamondbacks nah, number one no pitcher? no no madison bumgarner <laughs> no. luke weaver robbie ray he's like the fifth starter yeah. man On the diamondbacks wade yeah. miley he might not he might do you not know who wade miley is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. Wade well, Davis is more interesting than Wade Miley. Yeah, Bumgarner, I'm excited to see how he like, Yeah, dude. dude Wade Miley. I was like, what the hell? He's their number one. No, 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 no. He hasn't been anybody's number one ever. Maybe he's like Little League All-Star yeah. team, dude. I don't know why I blanked on Bumgarner. I'm still yeah, thinking yeah. he was with Bumgarner was, uh, I was thinking too, yeah. Yeah. He's a good one though. He's really interesting to watch. Bumgarner. Not, yeah, not Miley. I was like, whoa, that's All right. Yeah. Casey. 
Well, since you guys stole my thunder, my picture was what, my Miley? Nice and Bumgarner. Oh. No, it was Bumgarner. <laughs> I was like, hopefully no one talked about him. I was like, wait, Miley, oh shit, here we go. But no, uh, Bumgarner's mine. And then my player is Cody Bellinger because I, like, I just like watching him play. He's a, he's a fun guy to watch. I wouldn't know what that's like. All right, cool. Um, I can't go to, to Padres, so I'll go Cattell Marte for player to watch. Um. He put up like a seven more season was up there in the MVP discussions. Can he redo it? Can he show that he's, he's like, I, it, this isn't like a proving season for a lot of people, but it'd be cool to see a strong follow-up in the short campaign. So he's somebody I would like to watch, but I can't cause he's blacked out in my market. So that sucks. Um, nice. but for everyone who can watch him, um, and then pitcher is actually two. It's Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino two very high impact arms at the top of the Padres system who could very well um, take over like, ugh, dude, I, I'm not going to get into it. Those are the guys. If they get, if they come up, watch out. Okay. Quickly. I think it's funny that last week we talked about the NL East and then just this week, the NL in general, and we pretty much barely mentioned the Atlanta Braves, even though they're predicted with the nationals to have the second most wins in all the NL just under the Dodgers. So I think that's funny that the Braves don't really interest any of us, even though like well, they're clearly a good team with a lot of young talent. Yeah, they're yeah, but I think they're great. But then it's just Acuna is dope. I'm watching Acuna. Yeah, Acuna is a beast. But I'm just gonna run through real quick and let's just get Acuna is my player to watch. Division NL winner. So okay, for the yeah. NL East, Jake, who you got? Uh, Braves. Casey. Mets. Wow. J. Rob. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll go Braves. Okay, I have the Nationals. Nice. NL Central, Jake. Uh, I have the the Reds. Screw it, go Reds. Okay. Casey, Cubs. J Rob. Oh, you already know. Cardinals. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. Thought you were saying Brewers for sure. I got the Brewers. And the NL West, Jake. Oh, we all picked a different one. Yeah. Um, Padres. Casey. Dodgers. J-Rob. Dodgers. I also have the Dodgers. My hope's the Diamondbacks, then, but I have to who, say Padres. That, that would be insane. Who were, then, uh, who were you guys' two wild cards? Oh, freak. That was going to be my next question. Which is still my Padres thunder. Padres and Brewers for me. Who? Padres and Brewers. Dude, it's just like if this if these lines are like close, it's just hard for that central team to get the wild card because they're gonna be beating up on each other so yeah. much and fighting mm, over yeah. those wins. Because I like that those teams. I think one That's comes all. from the NL East. It's pro- I'd probably go with the Nationals. I go Braves. And I would say Cardinals. I'll, I'll go Padres for the other wild card. You already picked them to win the division. They're going to get both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, Diamondback. so Diamondbacks for the other wild card. So you, you don't have the Dodgers making the playoffs. Hell no. I'm never going to have the Dodgers. That's the disadvantage. Okay. That's the disadvantage <laughs> I, I choose thought... to live with. <laughs> okay. I thought, you know, interesting. j who you got? Uh, I think Nationals and then, I don't know. It's, I feel like the second one's so close. I feel like it's. It could come out of the NL West, but depending on how bad the like the Dodgers do go crazy and just whoop up on anybody, I think 
of all the other teams in the AL West have too many losses, especially with the AL West teams they have to go up against. But then at the same time, the NL Central is like so close. I feel like they're almost going to be neck and neck. I don't know. I'll go with the Brewers, but that's tough. You guys all think the the Dodgers will have the best record as a whole in the NL? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think no. like two or three games. Just so everyone knows where I stand, to be sure. I think we already had that clear, but yeah, you guys are gonna learn that. Thank never you for clarifying. My way baseball analysis stops with the Dodgers. That's when my fandom takes over. Um. All right. Um. I think well, we're definitely have gone a little bit over on the desired time. Um, but is there any uh, closing thoughts, anything else that you guys found interesting from this ex- exercise that maybe you weren't expecting? We're not going to get a Golems or a Tim Anderson yet. You can give ah. us to it in a second. I just want to know <laughs> thoughts on the discussion quickly. Casey? I enjoyed it. Would, do, do, were you surprised by it at all or anything? Is anything interesting that standed out? I like how we kind of like talked about players and teams it's not focusing on one or the other i like how we kind of incorporated both because it's two aspects of the game yep it's pretty good season preview j-rob what about you your thoughts um i liked it i think it was good i think especially going through picking who he thinks like just this little end thing at the quick like division winners potential wild cards but also like i really like talking about who we're excited to watch this year pitcher and position player um and just kind of like to figure out I don't know. I think it gives people like someone to look out or to think about as well who they want to watch this yes. year. Um, so I thought that was cool. And then even just to talk about over under, like for all the teams and how the division is going to shake out and everything like that. I thought it was really good. I definitely liked it. I think it's a good back and forth for like good, actually like discussion between all of us. Like I mentioned, I think it's interesting that none of us talked about the Braves, even though like, yeah, they're clearly a very good team. Yeah. But... Yeah. It's true. And, like, some exciting play. It's funny because, like, that just shows, like, the NL East has so much, like, going on to talk about that, like, twice we've skipped over the Braves. Like, I think that's really interesting <laughs> as well. Yeah, we don't hate you, Braves. We just think you guys are <laughs> yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. You're not as – inter- you're, like, more just like, oh, they're good. <laughs> For sure. Let's just leave them aside. We can't yeah. really argue about that. So I think that's really interesting. But I definitely enjoyed this uh, setup that we had this Very time. Nice. Well, I think the biggest wild card was probably my over on the Miami Marlins. But if that happens, that puts me, that gives me a great I advantage. Biggest, I think the biggest wild card is your under on the Dodgers. That's a- <laughs> what are you talking about? Why not just me? J Rob did it too. So yeah, it's not a wild card. Yeah. So if I do get that, then it's not that you, big of an advantage because J Rob also I think got you guys. Bo- you guys both lost that one. Well, and we'll see. End of the season. Yeah. Throw a win to me and Casey. Why hey, don't if you? I get the Marlins and the Dodgers, I'm ever going to let you guys live that <laughs> But the Dodgers Good are always going to be under. Okay. All right. Now it is time. You guys can always reach out to us at our email that Casey checks every single day. And it's a proven fact. We, <laughs> you guys know that's true. You know that's not. You Absolutely. Guys... <laughs> Twitter. The, the TikToker. We're going to put some random stuff up on there. Um, there we are, and then the Twitch. You can see us live, YouTube. Any, either way, reach out to us. Maybe ask, put up another question for us to ask along with this over under. Um, <laughs> this was a really fun exercise for me. It's always something I've been wanting to do. I'm just stalling because Casey's waiting to give it to us. <laughs> Go ahead, Casey. 
Uh, Tim Anderson, 2020 MVP. You heard it here first on Shaggy Balls <laughs> and uh, Go Ebbs. Pete, the Bronx Bomber. You know, let's go Yanks. We already have an injured player, even though we haven't had the season yet. Shout out Severino, somehow getting hurt without even playing baseball. But still, <laughs> Title 28 coming this your way, Fall 2020. Go ahead, the man. Um, if you guys ever want to challenge me to a drink off, ask K- Casey. I will pass. So, uh, at me, brother. That's soda. We should try beer next time. <laughs> and as always, have a good one, you guys, and goodbye, internet. I have to pee. I'm so I'm shocked you made it all the way through. I had to take a deuce. It came on me so <laughs> quick. I'm like, I can, I cannot hold this. So I had to leave. I was like, I was like, oh, I can hold this. And then a minute later, it's like, nah, this is coming out right now. So, oh my gosh, quick pit stop. <laughs>